Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen? And so are you! Again, my beautiful Screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 181, and tonight we are celebrating the joys of spring. Ah, spring. Season of rebirth, renewal, and resurrection. And Easter Sunday weekend seems the perfect time to release this episode, so in honor of the world's most famous zombie... I am breaking my zombie carnal rule of not covering that kind of movie on the show, and we're talking about Return of the Living Dead. And I'm going to be joined by game designers Timothy Lee and Mikey Granier from Angry Duck Games, and we're going to be giving away a copy of their zombie survival high school hallway nightmare board game, Student Bodies. And the fun is going to be starting right after I talk about myself for a while. Okay. Children, 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 hello, hello. It's very nice to be sitting here with you again. Sitting here in my underwear, in my living room, talking to you on the internet. With the blinds open. Hi, hi, neighbors. Hi, neighbors. How you doing? Hi, my allergies are killing me this week. The weather has finally gotten warm, which means Patrick is dying. Until my sinuses get accustomed to the new warm weather, I'm going to be useless. So this is going to be probably a bumpy ride. And by the way, for those of you who are new, my name is Patrick, and I'm going to be your host for the next probably two hours this time. And I shall be your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. I'm going to try to keep this section a bit short this time because I know we have a ton of voicemails. At the end of the show, I was crying a few days ago because I didn't have any, so I was on Facebook like, man, 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 I don't have any, any voicemails. Well, uh, now it, I went from famine to feast. So get ready to gorge on a whole, a whole lot of delicious voicemails from all y'all. What's been going on here? Okay, let's get Smoochie Watch out of the way as quickly as possible. Dun, dun, Smoochie Watch. Dun, 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 dun. What's going on with that cat? Well, okay, she had, it's pretty much all the same. She had another vet visit. She's not completely healed yet. Tailgate continues. She still has a bit of a scab, so she still has to wear the bandages for another two weeks with pills and painkillers. Okay, but she's doing fine. She's doing fine. She's getting a little fat again. She put on some weight, but you know what? I can't even talk about her anymore. I'm so tired of this whole ordeal. It's a good thing I love you, Smoochie. She's looking at me with the whiskers like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you do. You have to, because I'll kill you when you sleep. And she would. She would. She's tried. So, with my allergies being what they are, I'm not getting a lot of sleep at night. The sleep I have is particularly weird. Those of you who follow me on Facebook know I have extremely vivid dreams anyway. But, at times like this, when I'm so congested that not even the forced air being blown up my nose by my CPAP machine can penetrate these swollen membranes, 
I'm waking up every 20 minutes, and my dreams are particularly bonkers. And I wanted to share this one with you. The other night, I dreamed that I was renting some kind of beach house with the amazing Mr. Brad. And my bedroom in this beach house had this strange little kind of cubby hole in the wall where the bed was. The wall just kind of stopped at waist height and the bed was slid in there. And when you got into this teeny tiny little bed, there was a window to the outside and right next to you, like right over your chest. I'm like, okay, this, why would you, why would you have this big room and then stick this teeny bed in a cubby hole like this? This is weird. So when I laid down to take a nap, I love sleeping in dreams. That's fun. When I laid down to sneak, to take a nap, it became readily apparent that outside of the window was a line of men and they would stick their wieners through the window hole and they started peeing. And the, the pee would flow down the windowsill and onto the bed and onto me. So I start screaming. I scream and I scream and I run into the house. I said, Bradford, Bradford, there are men in my room. The men outside the window and they're sticking their dicks through the window and they're peeing on me. And he says, well, of course they are. Why do you think people rent this house? This is the house with the pee-pee bedroom. You see, people come from miles around. They come from miles around to go pee in that window. They'll wait out there for hours, even sometimes days, for somebody to lay down in that bed. And when they do, they just let it flow. I said, what, what are you talking about? Why did you put me in the pee-pee bedroom? He said, well, I, well, I wasn't going to sleep in the pee-pee bedroom. I just wanted to see you sleep in the pee-pee bedroom. So now when I sleep at night, I dream that I'm vacationing at the house of urine. What the hell is happening to me? What goes on in my brain? Welcome to my subconscious. So I got to go to the theater a few times, and I'll get through this as quick as possible because I know for the most part you people do not care. You don't care. But I went to see this new show at the public called Gently Down the Stream, and it starred Harvey Feierstein. And here's the thing. I've seen Harvey in things a few times, but it's always a musical comedy, light, fluffy kind of thing. I had never seen him do drama before. And, okay, I'm in the second row, and he could spit on me, and he did. And I was blown away. I said, oh, my God, you're incredible. And the thing that was really amazing about this show was that it's Harvey Feierstein. But in this particular play, he's playing somebody southern. So if you can imagine this voice all of a sudden talking about, oh, look, Beauregard, the magnolia blossoms are in bloom again. It was fucked up. And like initially, I was like, what are you even trying to pull off? But after a while, I was like, you are making this work, Harvey. And during his final monologue, like I said, I'm in the second row, and he locked eyes with me for the entire monologue. And by the end of it, I was like ugly crying to the point of dry heaving. And I, I, it was amazing. Please, I highly recommend it. But none of you are in New York, so why am I even bothering? The other thing I got to see was present laughter which the only reason I went to see it is because it was the return to Broadway of Kevin Klein. Ah! 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 You don't understand. I have had a huge crush on Kevin Klein since forever. And I said, if Phoebe Cates is, you know, like hanging out in front of the theater, his wife Phoebe Cates, if she's like, you know, whatever, going out for a smoke and intermission, I am pushing her in front of moving traffic. Bitch, you've had him for like 30 years now. It's my Turn. I'll just settle for the night. I'll wait till you get out of the hospital and give him back to you. But for right now, he is mine. I don't care if he's 70 years old. He is amazing.
Too bad the play was not good. It's an old play. It's an old Noel Coward play. So you're expecting, you know, droll comedy, you know, witty, sophisticated comedy, which it's there, but it just never comes out. Okay, Kevin Klein is great. Kevin Klein is doing his comic thing, his physical comedy thing, and it's genius. His female co-stars, the three around him, are fantastic. The rest of the cast are going, what? who are you people? Where did they get you? Like, what community theater did they get you people from? Because you're terrible, and the direction was awful. It's a comedy. Why is it moving like mud through something that moves slowly with mud in it? I don't know. It was, like, really long and really boring. And it was like, kid, you know, this would be a lot better, Kevin Klein, if you just came down and started making out with me right now, okay? Okay? Present laughter, more like absent laughter. Fuck you. Fuck you. The other thing I got to see finally, and then I'll be done. Last night I got to see the revival of Six Degrees of Separation, which was one of my favorite plays. I got to see it back in the 90s when it was at Lincoln Center with Stockard Channing, and they made it into a shitty movie, but that's neither here or there. And I'm so excited because it's got Allison Janney in it. I love Allison Janney. You know, she's on Mom right now. She's been in the West Wing. And she's great. She's a comic genius. And it's got my other crush, my other Broadway crush in it, John Benjamin Hickey. Now, he, he is, oh, my goodness, he's so talented. Oh, my God. He is, he was in the stage version of The Normal Heart, and he won the Tony for it, but he wasn't hot enough to go into the movie, but he's hot enough for me. But whatever. And he's beyond this, the, the C word, and he is so amazing. And I could not wait to see it because I was sitting there, and I'm going, this is the night. This is the night. This is the show. Because I see him and stuff all the time now. Because like, I follow him around like a crazy person. And I said, this is the night. He's going to see me out here. He's going to stop the show. He's going to propose to me on the spot and whisk me away to some island paradise. Hopefully one without like a pee-pee house on it. And, and we're just going to live together happily forever. I know he's married. I know he's married to another man. Just shut up. Shut up. He can, he, I can push him in front of traffic just like I would have done to Phoebe Cates. And it stunk. This Again, this is supposed This is like a crazy comedy tragic comedy and they forgot the comedy it's a 90 minute show and it moved like fucking lead i was so bored you the direction was terrible terrible if allison janney can't make it funny you fucked the fuck up what is happening i was so disappointed the only thing that was amazing about it is that the guy who plays um if you're familiar with the movie which i'm sorry i'm sorry it's bad the guy who was in the will smith role who is the, the the young black man who infiltrates this rich, you know, socialite family pretending to be the son of uh, Sidney Poitier and runs the whole scam. This guy named Curry Hawkins was a revelation. He's the only reason to go see this. And you've probably already seen him because he's in Kong Island. Talking about switching genres, but you know what? Hey, if you could do it, rock the hell on. Make a couple of gabillion making that movie and then do a shitty play on Broadway for 16 weeks. Well, let's just say a shitty production of a great play on Broadway. But anyway, if you haven't seen Kong Island yet, go. Uh, not Kong Island, uh, Kong Skull Island. You know what I meant. I felt like I was nine years old the whole time I was in that movie theater. I was just like, ah, ah, little clap of my little monkey hands. Well, you know, it, well, it, well, not like Kong monkey hands, whatever. I loved it. I loved every second. And Brie Larson's titties were amazing in it, says the gay man. I was like, what? What? It's like the whole movie was about her tits. It was about Kong and her tits. What? Even though you could have cast anybody in that role and the Tom Middleston role because really they didn't do anything. John Glover, yes, did a John Glover thing. And, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, yeah, perfect for the role. 
These two? Ah, anybody could have done that. You could have saved a couple of million off your budget if you're not cast an Oscar winner and some like renowned other actor. But you know what? That's not here nor there because I'm tired of talking. I can't think of anything of pressing importance that we need to talk about any further right now. So I'm doing it today. I'm doing this section in under 10 minutes today. Oh my God. But yet he's still talking. It's a great show lined up. Fortunately, I got to do this interview with Tim and Mikey from Angry Duck Games before my allergies went bananas. So I'm not this quite loopy doopy. Although there's drinky drinky involved. So there's that. So it might get more loopy doopy than I remember. But that's neither here nor there. And you are going to love it. You are going to love them. So enough of my yammering. Let's start the show. But before we do... I have to start keeping my promise to my patrons, my beloved patrons, because everybody who signs up is getting an improvised song about them. So here is the first song, God Help Us All. Tara Gardner, Trey Dean, and Juan Delgado, they subscribed to the Patreon feed. Tara Gardner, Trey Dean, and Juan Delgado, they are friends of the show indeed. Now when they go to the theater, they can be confident that they're probably not wasting their money on really bad movies. And that kind of confidence can give you a really powerful case of the... Groovies. I hope none of them get a cocaine addiction like Lauren Tuies. She played Julie on the love boat. Because Tara Tradeen and Juan Delgado, they subscribe to the Patreon page. And Tara Tradeen and Juan Delgado could never be described as beige. Oh yeah, unlike Linda, they're nothing like beige. That's an evil under the sun joke. Unlike Linda, they're nothing like beige. So if you become a patron and you're wondering where's my song, please be patient, I'll get to it before too long it's coming these are only the first three smooshy's looking at me like i'm a crazy person and she's like what's that stupid thing you're rattling why don't you stop doing that and feed me something that's fattening so tara trey Juan, thank you so much for becoming subscribers. If you want to be like them, head on over to the Patreon feed, patreon.com slash screamqueens. Become a subscriber, get extra episodes every month, have an influence on the show, how the show is going to be in the future. Get a stupid song improvised about you on the spot and just be really super awesome. Okay, okay. They only come out at night. They're mean, rude, and dead. Not them. Them. How many did you say? A hundred? The dead are refusing to remain buried. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? We're gonna call the boss. They've come back to life. They're hungry. And they're not vegetarians. The graveyard out there is full of people coming out of the ground. We have a little problem. What the hell is going on there? Rabbit weasels. What? More brains. They're back from the grave and ready to party. It's party! 
Return of the Living Dead. So for this segment, I am very thrilled to be breaking one of my own rules. So if you've been listening for a while, you know damn well I avoid zombie movies. Moogies? I don't know what a moogie is, but I avoid them too. But I also avoid zombie movies because, as you know, as I've said, as I've bitched and I've whined, you know, the market's been flooded with them. They're usually terrible. There are other shows that do it better. And so why not just let them do it? But as... Those of you who have also been listening for a long time know that the first rule of this show is that Queen has the right to change his mind, and I have, because this is a very special occasion. I have two very special guests who made something that is super cool that they want to share with you. So enough of my babbling. Let's bring them on. They are the inventors of Student Bodies, a brand new zombie board game. One of these guys I used to commit murder with on the streets of Manhattan, and this other guy, he's a neighbor, and, well, we just met, but it's been electric, boogie, woogie, woogie. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mr. Timothy Lee and Mikey Grenier! Yay! We did it! I forgot to mention that they're also secretly the real lead singers of Soundgarden. Uh, yeah, I, I, unfortunately I can't sing today because I'm under contract. And no, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. You know, they, ha- they had a whole Millie Vanilli thing going on back in the day, and Soundgarden fooled all of you. Well, This is a conversation that happened when you guys weren't listening, but you know what? Just pretend that you are so thrilled and excited. So how are you doing, guys? Welcome to Scream Queens. Thank Yay. you. I'm excited Thanks to be here. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. So, now as I've teased them, you guys made a game. Yes, we did. Uh, so, our company, Angry Duck Games, put out uh, a game with Smirk and Dagger Games a couple years ago uh, called Student Bodies. It's a game of a zombie outbreak where you play a high school student who's been infected and you're trying to get cured. I like that. I <laughs> like things that make high school worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. We definitely did that. Like we, the nerdy kids are the ones who are still partially alive, and all the uh, super popular jockey type kids are the ones who are full fledged zombies, uh, including the lunch lady. She's uh, she's trying to eat your face. And uh, wow, that's you know, that's an ironic the, turn of events. I know, right? We flipped the script. Wow. Yeah, and I got to play a bit of a sample of it the other day, and it is super fun. Thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and I it is... say, it's it's uh, it's something kind of cool to go uh, from performing to doing this where you actually entertain people in a completely different way, but it's still very, very satisfying when someone like really lights up and likes a game that we made. Yeah, that's cool. So I love that. You're an actor, you're a game designer, and you're also an amazing table dancer. Amazing. <laughs> amazing table dancer. I that's mean, why they call him really the doctor is in. To... I'm sorry, Mikey. Oh, yeah. uh, I was going to say, who are you comparing him to, to to say that he's amazing? I mean, he's, he's okay. He's not a bad table dancer, but, um, you know, I've seen better. Wow. Well, I haven't cool. seen you yet, Mikey, so... That's true. Oh, yeah, it's true. That's what I'm saying. Well, you, you know, work that we day seen... shift, so, I mean... And I'm sorry, the lunch buffet there leaves something to be desired. What's happening? I don't know Did where... Did we say the name of the game? Yeah, student Bodies. Student Bodies. No, I, I, it, 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 I love a good game. I, I miss playing board games. It's the thing about living solo these days is that there's nobody to play games with. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Wah, well, you're wah. like down the street from Mikey, so I know, right? We're like Actually, neighbors. 
we're both in Mikey's apartment right now, so we're all like within a hundred feet of each other, but we can't see each other. So we're going drinking after this? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Actually, we might be going drinking right now. Ooh. Oh man! I, oh man! I feel like underprepared. I should have grabbed. You were the one board. that brought it up, Mikey. You were the one who suggested it at our at our at our fateful first meeting. Oh, I didn't say I don't have access to uh, some delicious alcoholic beverages. They're just so far away in the other room. Okay, well, go get them. I'm Tim. I'll be. I, I can talk with Tim because I have to explain right. how I know Tim. Yeah, I'll, I'll, vamp. I'll be back. All right, vamp it up. I'll be back. Vamping. Now, for those of you who've been listening for a really, really, really long time, you'll remember back in the days where every goddamn show, I was pimping out the play that I was in, The Ryan Case, 1873, which was an interactive murder mystery that we did on the streets of New York, recreating an unsolved crime from the the 19th century. What did he do? Is, is there a gong in his kitchen? Is that what just happened? Well, that, well like I said, we were at the same place, so he's had to walk behind me to start making the drinks. So okay. That's, well, there was uh, this lovely gong sound. Didn't that... Having a lovely Jefferson's Ocean. <laughs> uh, so he, he tinked glasses accidentally. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so so Ryan Case, I was I was involved for one summer while you were a uh, a slightly longer lasting. I was an almost cast, lifer. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you uh, were with the, you were with the Dreamcast for a while. That was the best cast. Really? Yeah. I, now all, I now all the other people that I worked with on the show are like, "Hey, I wasn't in that cast." Well, well, sorry. Yeah, no, they were all great. No, they, like the, I saw videos of the guy who replaced me, and I actually thought he was he was much funnier than I was. He was good. I mean, he was. I mean, everybody was always. I always loved how everybody brought something totally different to these characters. Uh, it was never the same incarnation of that character twice. It really reflected the actor as something that would, was ninety percent improv. Should. But I think that uh, cast I that cast just gelled better overall. Okay. Like you know, we just hung out better, that kind of thing. Okay, we we're made better drinking buddies, you think? Yeah, well, yes, and you know, backstage buddies and all that stuff. Just normally, there's someone that you're like, eh, or whatever. Someone's a little like, I have to go home right away all the time, that kind of thing. I just like that cast a lot, and I liked it back oh. when we were in the park rather than we were doing it, um, um, you know, down around Second Avenue. That was lame. Okay, I wasn't involved with the Second Avenue thing. I was, I was when we were near the, um, yeah, uh, where it happened. The, yeah, the park. Yeah, the yeah. murder had the murder that was, we're talking about happened in the uh, tenements of New York City, the Irish tenements back in the day. So, which is now Chinatown. But which led to some awesome, awesome interactions. Oh sure, sure, because you know we were in this park and it was filled with with Chinese people. And, you know, that were, there was a concert every time we were there. There was some kind of, like, neighborhood concert where people would just, you know, bring instruments and communally play uh, traditional Chinese music. And we'd always have people who didn't speak English come over and start staring at us. And you had to be like, Seamus, not now. I'll give you the $20 later, that sort of thing. <laughs> just some guy who's totally the, not um, Irish. The, 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 it, uh, was it the interrogation scene one time in that pavilion and we got accosted by the homeless guys? Oh, those were the worst. <sighs> Those shows were the worst. Where we had it, where we did, where we couldn't go to the, the where the church was closed or whatever. Those damn school shows. So yes, we had to expose children to homeless people who were angry. It was the you know, theater. Live in it. Is Mikey back anyway, yet? I, oh, Mikey I am back. back. I was just enjoying your conversation and sipping on a little bit of Jefferson's Ocean. I don't know it's what that means. Whiskey. It's a sweet, sweet whiskey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, gonna I was really going to say it would have been a great album title for for Soundgarden. <laughs> are, we, right. are we Soundgarden or Savage Garden? Oh, Savage Garden, Garden. sorry, sorry, Savage Garden. sorry, oh, okay. sorry. So- we can't, 
We're actually contractually not allowed to make fun of Soundgarden. It's very complicated. Okay, um, well, Savage Garden, go do whatever we want with them. You can't have a garden war. Right. Although it sounds like Savage Garden would win just by the name, even though they put it up. Like, whatever, shut up. Are we talking about that? Are we talking about this? <laughs> so easy to get distracted here. So how did you guys come up with the idea for student bodies? All right. So actually, Matt, uh, he's not here today, but Matt is the one who originally came up with the idea. Okay, so you did. Kind of a... So you did. He's not here, so he gets no credit. Yes, so you I did. I came uh-huh. up with the idea. I was having a scary zombie dream where I was in a school, running down the hallway with zombies coming out of the classrooms from the sides and in front of us, and I was just trying to like get through and push my way through them. See, I'm just going to replace me with Matt. And um, and like when I woke up in a, like a fevered sweat, I was like, I have to make this into a game. So I immediately got down to the prototyping. I started cutting out pieces of cardboard and writing stuff on backs of note cards. And a couple days later, we had a prototype ready to play. Okay. And Timothy, what was your involvement in all this? Uh, my job is officially inspirational to take table the fun dances. Out of yes. Games. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> table dances, and I, I take the fun out of games. No, I mean I just I, I put together what's needed for component stuff. I play tests with the the designers. Um, and I interfaced with them in, in graphics components. Nice. Really, really boring stuff. I'm sorry. I no, probably should have no, kept it's not really boring stuff. That, well, that's the important stuff. I know. It's, it's not a physical thing without somebody like Tim, like, breathing down our necks to make it, you know. Feasible. We need more pieces. There's a lot of pieces. We need more pieces. <laughs> yeah, Tim's like, there's too many pieces. We need to cut down on the pieces. Well, you, you, know, you I cut down on pieces. For, there's a lot of well, pieces. Like, we want to make it so we can actually afford to pay for it. Like, I've come up with a game before where you're an ice climber, and the whole board is made out of, like, welded-together metal pieces that look like a mountain, and the, and the, and the game pieces are It magnetic, weighed 500 and, pounds! <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's like a 500-pound game. It doesn't fit into any shape of a box, and it would cost $300 per, per game. And it can make. be used as a murder weapon. <laughs> right, exactly. In student or, bodies. That could be one of those <laughs> those objects that you find. Oh, yeah, one of the objects is the founder's head, which every school has. Mikey's old game. (laughs) No, what I really, what I enjoyed about this game is the nihilistic quality to it, that it's fun, (laughs) it's goofy and everything, but you're not out to save the world, you're not out to save the community or the school or all your students, it's, it's just, it's, it's every man for himself. (laughs) Save your own skin, that's it. Yeah, I mean, the end, the game ends, if you're lucky enough, the game ends with you getting out the door, slamming the door shut behind you, and then the, uh, you know, Flame charges to go off in the school, and everybody else in there is annihilated. So, but for the good of humanity, you know. Exactly. I and I love that. Like I said, I was making fun of you guys lovingly <laughs> at the time. I said I love that the army's waiting outside. Like we have only got room for one. <laughs> so the first one who gets out, that's fine. And fuck yeah, all the rest. One of them. survivor. That's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is kind of how high school feels, right? So you feel like, well, one of us is going to do okay. The rest of these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big metaphor for how many people actually make it out of high school successfully. It's right. true. Without conforming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I see. They're conforming to their und. Wow. Yeah, wow. It's, it's pretty deep, actually. Deep. So Tim has been after me for a while to come on the show and talk about the game. And, and I can't, I, 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 it was months ago. I'm like, gently prod me in a few weeks. And I completely forgot about everything because that's how I'm, I'm awful. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. And he finally, I got a, yeah, I got a message from him that just said, gently prods. <laughs> I was like, it's very gentle when he prods. Excuse, so I didn't excuse me. I know. I remember. <laughs> nice. Oh, I forgot. Oh no! Because when we were doing the murder mystery, I always had fun with him because he had that—you had the long hair at the time—and I'd be like, "Oh, it's the one with the long, 
<laughs> the long cascading hair that he's always tossing around. <laughs> I think he's a little how you say light in the loafers. <laughs> Says the one who actually think... is light in the loafers. So it was all very ironic. I yeah. think we needed someone who did a lot of good hair flips. Uh, the girls always had their hair tied back, but I was able to have a lot of tood with my uh, my hair tosses uh-huh. when I angrily accused people of killing my brother and sister. Uh-huh. I never got to see that show, but it sounds like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, Mikey, oh, Mikey, oh gosh, though. Mikey just got cut off, and we won't be talking to him anymore. So, Tim. Oh, that's <laughs> too bad. We miss you, Mikey. No, I have Go friends. Like, when I stopped doing the show, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry that you stopped doing it. I was going to come see it. It's like, I was here for five years. <laughs> five years. Oh, man. What were you, know, you waiting it was, it was for? So out of the way. I don't know. I was far away. I'm in a different, um, you know, area of New York City. <laughs> I was three blocks away. It's too far to walk. Uh, yeah. My gosh, no, God, 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 <laughs> five. Fuck you, people. You know what? You know what? I gotta say something right now about my friends being in shows. Okay, I rant about this to my other friends all the time, but like, all right. <laughs> Tim's heard this. Before. So like. The first couple shows that your friends are in, cool, man. You want to support them. You know what I mean? That community theater thing, you got to love it. But, man, when that fifth show comes around and you're like, okay, I've seen your whack shows already a dozen times. Like, I think I think now it's time for uh, to move on from going to every single show. So that's all i got to say about that. All right. We're going to experience the uh, ambulance going by. Oh, yes, yes. Life in Queens. Yeah, dangerous. That's true, yeah. It's dangerous borough. <laughs> it is. I don't know yeah, what's building that was there. your house in a minute. So. Send more firefighters. Send more paramedics. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, anyway, so Mike, are you alienating your friends? Or Sorry, what? You got anybody else you want to cover? Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm sure I'll get to my family soon enough. Oh, good, okay. Oh, oh goody. <laughs> okay. So, when I finally reconnected with Tim... And got on board, where he said, okay, I have this slot open. Initially, well, never mind, I probably already talked about this in the intro. But I said, okay, well, what movie can we talk about? And I said, well, since it's a zombie game, I think it's a good time to break my own rules. And why not break it with a movie that I fucking love? We're talking about Return of the Living Dead. Yay! It was craziness. <laughs> you guys had never seen it before. I had not. I thought I had by the title. Yeah. But there's so many dead movies like that with a similar title that I uh, I was mistaken. Yeah, like Rise of the Dead or whatever that was. Ugh. Mikey also <laughs> made a horror movie. Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> like, was... we're gonna take a quick detour before we get into Return of the Living Dead. It's a movie called Rise of the Dead, which apparently was a name that they didn't come up with when the marketing came up with because it sounds like a zombie movie, but there's no zombies in it. So all the reviews of it was like, oh. "Where's the zombies? No stars." It's it's fantastically devoid of zombies. <laughs> so well, like the cover art is a zombie too. Like the cover art looks like it belonged on Return of the Living Dead, yeah. and it's just. If you actually look at the cover, like there is no instance of any shot anything like that cover in the film. They just completely altered the picture of one of the characters to make him look like a zombie. So this is not a zombie film. <laughs> so let's market our movie with something that's not in the movie at all. It'll be a huge hit. You, I don't oh, yeah. understand distribution companies. I don't know why they do what they do. I mean, they sold a couple copies, and now they have the uh, dubious honor of being one of the worst films ever made, too. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, because while we were in the coffee shop, but yet another sidebar, I pulled it up on Rotten Tomatoes just because you know to <laughs> to get you know so I can find out more information about. It. I said you guys have like a ninety four rating. 
94%. I have no idea how those algorithms work, but that Which is, is weird because wrong. there's no professional uh, <laughs> reviews of it. You know, there's no, no, like, nothing from major publications or anything that they normally have. So it's all based on audience reviews. Uh, you know, <laughs> and everyone I read was just dreadful. So I had to read them all to oh, them. Boy. And the best one said, oh, I can't remember what it said now, how it was framed. Oh, I think I remember. I think it was, um, I, I feel sick to my stomach that I had to give it a half a star, but that's the lowest the ratings will go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't forget that one. It made me laugh. I, I was laughing about it earlier today. Like, it breaks my it, heart oh, that yeah, I have to give it. <laughs> I think everyone should go watch this movie uh, and enjoy how deeply terrible it is. Um, and you know what? If you want to troll your friends, too, everybody – Review it and give it an amazing rating so it stays high in the ratings so that people will be looking for a zombie movie. They'll see a highly rated one and they'll have to sit through that, wondering when it gets good. <laughs> it's just about a demon baby! What? <laughs> yeah, loosely, that's, that's a correct assessment of the plot. Uh, a baby that kills itself by accident and then haunts people and possesses them and there's some weird incest thing that happens because the mom, I don't even, you know what? Just watch it. Yeah. Watch that movie. Drink a lot. Watch that movie. We don't know anybody who uh, gets a check whenever someone watches that movie. So (laughs) no benefit to us. So yeah, we, we made it for 16 grand, $16,000 for a movie, like a feature length film. And, uh, and it was picked up by a Lionsgate subsidiary. And I think they just bundled it with a bunch of other zombie stuff when zombies hit their like max popularity. And they're just like, we need more content. So they just made this into a zombie movie for their sales. And oh boy. Because people <laughs> love when they get duped when they buy a movie. Oh, they're huge fans of that. It's <laughs> called Rise of the did? Dead, but it was a Merchant Ivory kind of movie. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> oh, it was, it was about a poor Victorian girl who couldn't make a decent cup of tea. Well, it was terrible. <laughs> I cried for two hours. It could have just as easily been that. Which is weird because <laughs> the movie's only an hour and 15 minutes, but I cried for two hours. <laughs> it had a lasting impact on you. Okay, oh, let's get back on track to Return of the Living Dead. Now, Tim knows this because he listens to the show. <laughs> it is the dubious honor of the guests. I'm going to dump this on Mikey. Oh, boy. Because he's unsuspecting. <laughs> it is your job uh-huh. right now. To give me a 30-second elevator speech summary of the plot of Return of the Living Dead. Okay, I will do my best, um, and I am not good at this. All right, That so. makes it fun. <laughs> so 30 seconds. Let me see what I can cram in at 30. Okay, we start off in a humble cadaver shop um, where the, the owner has come into some military-grade something, some kind of chemical that's trapped into a, in, in the little cylinders, and... Um, of course, hijinks ensue where these chemicals get released, and it starts turning the locals into uh, what we now know as zombies. Um, and zombie- good! Good! <laughs> All right, cool. Done! Right, nice. <laughs> Yay, I did it! Factually <laughs> totally wrong, but it's good enough. It was yeah. a valiant effort. Well done. Well done, sir. Well done, sir, for being put right. on the spot and drinking booze. I am drinking some delicious food right now. Yeah, so you know, he was close enough, and it, it actually starts at a medical supply company. And I don't, I, I think cadaver shop cadaver. Is, is is a lot funnier of a term. So <laughs> he was selling cadavers, cadavers, cadavers and bedpans. 
Yeah, he had a cadaver there, and he was planning on selling it. He had multiple cadavers there. He had dog cadavers that were sliced in half. I love my split dogs. Yeah, split Mm. (laughs) dogs. I love my split dogs. That was such a great, like, here's here's something I can say for this movie, is there's a lot of original stuff in there that I have not seen in any other, and actually that has been copied later on, but to, like, better effects. Like, I think I saw Split Dog in, like, some other, like, Further down the line, movie that dealt with zombies. Uh, I think you you might be thinking about the cell where they had the split horse thing. Ah, uh, maybe. No, no, no. That's I, 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 yeah, it was a split animal that was like basically zombified. And I think that a lot of movies got stuff from this movie, it, it, like without maybe even realizing it. <laughs> oh, they know what but they there's did. There's a lot of they know what they did. Yeah. <laughs> they know what they did because this movie started. This was the first one that introduced eating brains. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody associates with zombies now. That's yeah, all like because of this movie. Too. Saying yeah. the word brains too was I. I, I it's the first <laughs> talking good. zombies. It's the first running zombies. That's true. It's the first running zombies. That's right. First semi-coherent zombies. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of the things. Like when I was watching it this time, I, I, I was I was just thinking about all the things you don't normally see. I, I think it's really interesting that they're smart. Yeah, they have a plan too. They actually they came up with a plan to get more paramedics to be just to eat. Uh huh. They're not just calling them in. They like set up booby traps and shit. They were like ambushing people, which is amazing. Yeah, that is awesome. Oh man, I, I was very surprised by that because like you know you hear a zombie, you don't expect to see any thought process whatsoever. You expect to see hordes of them and you know people dealing with them but getting overwhelmed. This was different. One zombie was a huge menace down in the basement. Yeah, the Tar Man. The Tar Man, yeah, yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. I got to see this movie, because I'm very old, in the theaters on opening night. (laughs) Was the crowd going bananas to see this thing, or what? Absolutely. Oh, man. (laughs) Because nobody really... I I mean, I kind of knew what I was in for, because I subscribed to Fangoria Magazine, so I had all the ins and outs about it, so I knew some stuff about it, but it didn't give away everything. And to people, to watch people figure out that, oh, there's humor in this movie. And it's a slow burn to get started. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a long yeah. time before you've got zombies everywhere. I, I got to be honest. I wasn't feeling it at first because I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't even know it was comedic at all. And I'm like, wow, this is just horrendous. And then as it went on. I found myself like laughing out loud. Like I, I finally got it what they were trying to get to, you know. Yeah. That. So it was, it was, it was a very pleasant surprise. Cool. I like to hear that. Uh, and that's how it was then, because like I said, it's a slow burn, and you could feel people were kind of like, I don't know how to feel about it, but then people were laughing more and more. But still, the, what works about it is that it's humorous, but it's not jokes. Yeah. That's definitely a good way to say it, yeah. Nobody dies as a joke. The stakes never get lessened for a joke, which I think is really cool. And by the time everybody – where graves started popping, <laughs> that scene, the audience was bananas, <laughs> screaming and laughing oh, at the yeah. same time, which was the rest of the movie. It was this weird combination of screaming and laughing. This is back in the days when people screamed at the movie theater. Oh man! <laughs> it does I've been not fly. Recently. Yeah, that's true. Some some of the things never change, I guess. Yeah. 
but yeah, the the nuclear like uh, rain at the end of the movie that just leaves you with oh my god, like the whole world just got infected by it. these zombies. By the way, are tough. These are no joke. Like you don't stab them in the head once. They if there's any bit of their skin left, they're coming after you. It's gonna flap after you. Which like, is one of my uh, what, uh, um some of the things I love about the movie. I uh, I. I and we're going to come back to what was happening behind the camera later on because there's tons of stories to tell about that. But you've got this wacky duo, well, trio really. You got Bert and Fred and um, Frank, who are the um, the adults, sort of, of the piece. They're the ones who work at the medical supply house and cadaver shop. The cadaver. The cadaver shop. You need a cadaver. <laughs> Oh, hang on a second. The dog is coming. Um, and what I was wa- was kind of amazed watching it this time, particularly Frank, the older guy, and Freddie, the new guy, they are cranked to 11. Right, I'm back. Sorry. I'm back. What I miss? I, I, I was just saying. Okay, I'm going to have to edit all that out. God damn you. What I was saying uh-huh. was that from pretty much square one, from the moment the chemical comes out of the canisters, is that Frank and Freddy are cranked to 11. <laughs> They're playing full <laughs> stage farce. Oh, there's nobody in that movie that's not turned up to 11. I mean, the, the gang, or, you know, the, the friend gang out in the cemetery. Yeah, the punks, yeah. Come on. Yeah, the punks, yeah. They, they were, they started off at 11 too. Nobody was messing around in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just met with those two. They are yelling the whole movie, yelling, scream crying, power vomiting. <laughs> and James Karen, the guy who played Frank, he's an old dude. I'm like, you're in your 60s, and you are giving this incredibly energetic, insane performance. Oh, man. Yeah, for like a movie that's just like, uh, like you know, a goofy comedy type thing happening, these people really put their back into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,. Just throwing out interesting tidbits, the guy who wrote and directed it, Dan O'Bannon. Do you know what else he's super famous for? I do. Yeah, he was was involved in creating Alien. He wrote Alien. What? Yes, he did. Wow. And Total Recall. (laughs) I didn't know about Total Recall. That's awesome. Yeah, he was one of the writers on Total Recall. But yeah, he created the Alien series. That's, That's pretty crazy. Yes. I mean, you can sort of see, like, you know, the uh, the creatures emerging from the eggs thing. You know, that's all. Return of the Living Dead was just his warm-up act. Oh, so it, it, yeah. actually, okay, that was much later. Shh. It's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Alien came out in 1979. This came out in 1986. So you're a total wait, loser. What? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're a total wait. loser. And the part loser. where, you know, like, at the end of Alien, where uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver gets out of her spacesuit, that's totally, like, trash, strip it on the gravestones. That's true. Yeah. Same exact motion, sir. Okay, I'm going back to the movie theater in, in, in New Hyde Park for just a moment. One of the things that was amazing, because we have Trash, played by the wonderful horror legend Linnea Quigley, who's known for two things. Getting naked and dying. It's what she does. It's all, all she right. does. And she does it well. And this is the <laughs> one that made her a star in the industry. But watching it that day... When she gets up and starts doing her striptease in the um, in the cemetery, 
you know, her first her top comes off, and that was one thing. But when she pulled off her bottoms, some girl in the audience said in this huge Long Island accent, Oh my god, she's nude! <laughs> and everybody oh laughed. But then every time they came back to Tress, because those clothes never go on. Nope. For the rest of the movie. She's naked in leg warmers for the rest of the movie. Every time she popped up on camera, that girl was like, Oh my god, she's still nude! <laughs> then after a while, every time she popped up on camera, the whole audience would be like, Oh my god, she's still nude! <laughs> it sounds like it's starting to make itself like, like that moment could have made itself like a lasting cult classic thing that people do like, like, you know, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show stuff or whatever. Like. Yeah. Yeah, aside well, aside from that, everybody, that was it. That was just very, that was that one girl started a That's sensation. A <laughs> it's got to start somewhere. And I met the guy who played Spider, Miguel Nunez. Really? And I tried to tell him that story, and he could not care less. I'm like, I realize it's not about you, and you're an actor. I get it. Uh huh. Please continue playing, <laughs> you know, online poker while you're talking to me. I have no problem with that. Thanks. Oh. I'm not paying you for an autograph, so fuck off, Joanna man. <laughs> oh, that's what he's from? That's Well, many things. He's hit many, many things in the 80s. Oh. He's a great genre actor. But I just felt like bringing up Joanna, man. <laughs> to humiliate him? <laughs> no, I didn't bring it up. The other th- I mean, he did some amazing, awful things. Now, I'll, my listeners know this one very well. The other thing that he's super famous for in the community, he was in Friday the 13th Part 5. Oh, my God. He was the guy who got killed in the outhouse while he was shitting and singing. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Hey, baby. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Sounds like he has a sweet, illustrious career. He does. He but you know what? <laughs> if everything he do is that memorable, okay. fuck right. it. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> it's 30 years <laughs> later, and I still know who you are. <laughs> oh, man. For these ridiculous roles, now I, I, I get a huge kick out of this movie. It... it, it, it and what, when you watch it again, knowing it's a comedy, like, some of the earlier stuff gets funnier. Like, early yeah. on, like, before the credits even roll, you have the, when you go over to that army general's house, and his wife's trying to just serve him dinner, and he's just like, it's like, how was your day? <laughs> Crap. <laughs> I made lamb. Had it for lunch. It's funny. It's Yeah. <laughs> he's like a super dick, and, like, it's still hilarious, because... Uh, you know, that, those were the times. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, and what I think acceptable. is funny, like, uh, the other thing that was unusual too for a movie of this time and this budget was that it got all of the punk bands that were popular of the time on the soundtrack. Wow. The Damned, The Cramped, kind of... uh, 45 Grave or Grave 45 or whatever. So yeah, so it had an authentic soundtrack for those characters. Which was cool. Even though watching it now, I went, I don't know if all of those kids would be hanging out together for real. <laughs> you mean the uh, the cross uh, punk genres that they mix together there? Yeah, like, yeah. So. But then I also had to remember back in, back in my high school days. Yeah, that is kind of how we hung out. We had the metal kids. We had the punk kids. We had the new wave kids. And we had the goody goodies. And somehow we all hung out together. Probably because we were doing theater, so I'm thinking like maybe they were on their college theater troupe together, so they were like, uh, you know, they were on a break from you know doing My Fair Lady or whatever. Yeah, it seems like that, the cast of My Fair I Lady. I can see that crew. Yeah, totally, totally. It's a new concept for My Fair Lady. 
my fucking fair lady. <laughs> Whatever. Actually, Trash would have been a good cast for that if she could sing. She doesn't have anyway. to sing. Because <laughs> she's nude. That's true. She's nude. Nude. Again. And the fact Can that I she said my, the my fact own. that she said nude makes me happy because as I always joke <laughs> in my head I learned this from an episode of Three's Company back in the day and I've never forgotten that naked is dirty, nude is art. Ah. <laughs> so that punk oh girl God, some, that punk girl rubbing it out in the, in the cemetery, that's art. It's performance art. Art. Totally. Yeah. She was a dancer. I had to say when I got uncomfortable with the nudity, because I'm you know, I enjoy uh, a naked body in every movie. But when she was running through the giant puddles of mud yeah. and still hadn't put her clothes back on, I was just, like, getting uncomfortable about where all that mud must be flowing and how awful it must be for that actress. Well, she had – well, I, yeah, well, the, uh, the thing that they had to do for Miss Trash, one of the many, many, many indignities that Linnea Quigley had to suffer for this movie, was that they had to give her an appliance really? to put over her business. I guess – like a sticky situation. There's no, there's nothing there because that like would that that, that much nudity and that much running around, it was going to cause a problem. Which means she might have been flashing pink, is what I'm trying to say. So they gave her an appliance. So when she takes off her <laughs> bottoms, there's nothing there. Oh, weird. Yeah, she. Uh, there were many, many problems on this set. <laughs> no, actually, the thing that is amazing that you can't like there was fighting constantly. Really? On the set, and the cast and the crew were miserable. One of the many things was that they couldn't afford to heat the rain. <sighs> so the cast was always wet and freezing, and I think they shot it in, like, October oh, outside. Man. So it's cold, and Linnea Quigley, if you ask her about it, because I have, well, I've met her several times, she's a trip. All she'll say is, it's cold, it was cold, it was cold, it was cold, it was cold. I was naked, I was wet, and when after she became a zombie, they couldn't put a blanket over her, and she couldn't sit down because the makeup would crack. So she was out there freezing for hours, but the cast was constantly at war with everybody. And the fact that there's a nice sense of camaraderie among the cast in the film itself... That's a neat trick. Yeah, that's that's a testament to their their acting skills. The thing I want to point out, like I mentioned, that I I used to subscribe to Fangoria magazine because I was a horror nerd, was still am, but whatever. Uh, I remember the the spread that they had on it, and when the movie came out, I said that's weird. None of the special effects makeups that they featured in the magazine are in the movie. That's because they fired the special effects guy <laughs> mid-shoot. And Why? It was a good th- – well, there was many uh, – because they weren't good. Oh, well. If you yeah. see the photos that were in um, Fangoria, they had a, he had a concept that all the zombies were Civil War zombies because it's, uh, it's Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> like Civil War reenactors or actual like, – No, actually that it was War a Civil War, War cemetery. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. That was but yeah. all the makeup looked dry and cartoony in the shots that are in the magazine. And from what I can tell, there's only one shot of them mm-hmm. in the movie itself. And that's when the paramedic goes to his um, – the ambulance. 
and he turns on the headlights, oh. and there's a wall of zombies standing there. That's the shitty makeup. Oh, and that's okay. a, that's the only one because yeah, the the rest of the zombies in that movie are like gooey and sticky all the time. Yeah. Well, what I what <laughs> I noted was off. like watching this time, I said they have a real EC Comics look. Uh-huh. If that means nothing to you, it means nothing. To you. It means no, it doesn't. I just nodded and smiled. But I'm not sure what you meant by that. No, they had a very definite comic book look that uh, EC Comics uh-huh. did all these classic horror comics, the tales of horror, tales from the crypt, that kind of a oh, okay. look. Uh. That was missing in the other ones, and it works here. And there is one Civil War zombie in this that I spotted. The Samor paramedics guy was oh, wearing yeah. a was wearing a, the gray uniform. That is oh, that's right. His his makeup was terrible. No, but even then, I think his makeup was. They thought his makeup was fine. He had it's that kind of a stringy look mm-hmm. that you see in zombies and comic books. That I had, I didn't have a problem with. There, there's an antebellum kind of wedding dress running around at one point, but for the most part, they dropped all the Civil War shit, <laughs> which is fine by me because I think this. I love the zombie work here. I think the special effects are just right because uh, the other thing that happened in Fangoria magazine, Day of the Dead, was coming out. It was being shot about the same time. George Romero's third part of the the that series. And he was throwing shade on them in his interviews, like, well, Return of the Living Dead is going up in flames, and no one's going to remember that well, at all. So yeah, I'm okay. very happy with that movie, because up until this point, zombie movies had a distinct feel to them. It was always about gut-munching mm-hmm. and extreme gore and extreme nihilism. You didn't have fun at Dawn of the Dead. You didn't have fun at Day of the Dead. You never have fun at or any of the Italian versions. Even the zombie stuff now, it all feels like just constant pressure of, you know. I think that's what um, Romero was going for, I guess, was just like the feeling of dread the entire time. You know, this movie was a lot more lighthearted. It was active zombies, you know, actively trying to trap people. Like, completely different feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yet, there are scenes that are j- uh, that like back at that night in the New Hyde Park movie theater where you don't know whether to laugh or scream, so you kind of do this weird combination of it. And the scene I'm thinking of in general is when they have that half zombie, yes. the, the nude zombie tied to the table. Mm-hmm. I was just going to bring that, the one with the spine like twirling. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That, yes. that spine is such a disgusting uh-huh. touch, but it's funny and it's <laughs> gross at the same time. And the fact that it's leaking yep. spinal fluid... I know, I love that. It's so <laughs> over-the-top awful. <laughs> For me, that's worse than any of the intestine ripping out. <laughs> like yeah. that, so, that little touch of fluid that she's splashing around in is wrong. <laughs> that, that's really memorable, too. That scene, I was actually, it's funny you brought up because I was just about to bring up, too, that they, they didn't care how little flesh they had left on her. She was basically a skeleton at that point. Skeleton with, you know? with, with, Rackin' rockin' boobs. Yeah, with yeah, exactly. They made sure to keep the boobs intact, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but you're right though. That little twirly spine with the spinal fluid just gooing out of it. It was like, oh man, horrifying. Yummy. And yet funny at the same time. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, I love the split dogs, but one of my favorite things from the early scenes are the zombie butterflies. Oh yeah. Yeah. The fact that it's not just people, it's everything. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. woke up everything. Yep. Like if those if those skeletons from India had any flesh on them, you'd be really fucked up right now. 
Yeah, it makes you wonder what the next – did they do another part of that movie? No, that's the only one, right? We did a gabillion parts to this movie. Oh, really? Holy crap. Two oh, official okay. sequels and a whole slew of direct-to-video things that are terrible. Part <laughs> oh, two is awful. Part three is great. Oh, it skipped a generation. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, they went full comedy for part two, and it doesn't work. Because mm-hmm. I went in expecting more of the same and just got – and it's weird. They cast Freddy and Frank in it again as different characters, but the exact same thing happens to them. <laughs> That's lazy. I love it. It's incredibly lazy. <laughs> oh, my God. So wait. They, so you have to – you'll still see them. They're not going to sound any different, but you just have to adjust to the fact that they're new people. Yeah. That's it. They just throw you in there. But <laughs> the exact okay. same thing happens to them. <laughs> they crack a canister. <laughs> Different scenario, and they have that same journey of that they they're dead and alive at the same time, which was yeah, slowly what, turning, and- which I thought was cool. Yeah, that was kind of that cool. whole journey was cool. Like when the when the paramedics are figuring out no blood pressure, no pulse. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I'm just looking at my notes here. What else did I? Uh, the guy who played um, uh, oh gosh, Ernie, who runs yeah. the uh, funeral home, the mortuary. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh-huh. Don Calfa, Don Calfa, oh. R.I.P. He just died this year or last year. Oh, and that's the guy who they call to say, "Oh crap, we're in real huge trouble. We better call him. He'll know what to do." Rabid weasels. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! When they, when they're, when he's figuring, when they're, when they're showing him what happened, they're like, "Well, it's not uh, for, uh, Ernie. It's not weasels." Well, what is it? And they open one of the bags. It's the arm and the arm attacks. I'm like, you couldn't have grabbed a foot. <laughs> right, you couldn't have grabbed a foot. Than the arm. <laughs> yeah, you had to go for the arm. Yeah. No better by now. Well, I, mean, I think it's like they're those guys, the the three guys from the the cadaver shop are uh, are <laughs> delightfully clueless throughout the whole thing. Like even when they're becoming, you know, zombies are still not grasping yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, but I going through I the a, process. I had a question about uh, the uh, becoming a, a zombie. Thing that they do, um, and I don't know if Patrick and your wild expertise, if you think that um, I don't know if it's Frank or Freddy. Freddy's the, uh, the young one. Okay, so Frank ends up uh, cremating himself, and he has this whole like, "Please forgive me," like weird, depressing monologue right before he uh-huh. he kills himself. There, um, do you think that was him? Like begging for forgiveness for killing himself, or was he begging for forgiveness because he knew he was spreading the zombie plague further? You just added a whole other layer on this. Sorry, I made this too thick. Uh, no, no, no. You know what? I think that's up for the audience to decide. Okay, okay. I'm not going to give I, a moral I, judgment on Frank. Frank suffered enough. Okay. And, and by the way, by the way, I've heard, I've had, I've, I've known people like, that's so stupid that, you know, they burned that first zombie and, you know, what acid rain, blood, that's lame. Like, it was 1986. That was a big thing. Acid rain was yeah. a serious thing. Yep, everybody was panicked about acid rain. And, like, I was young enough to the point where I'm in my, hi- on my head and I'm thinking, like, hydrochloric acid falling from the sky, like, people's skin melting. Like, you know, like, when they said the words acid rain, it terrified me. Yeah. Yep. Um, one of the best scares in the movie for me is um, 
I think it's one when the first set of cops show up and they're looking at the ambulance and one of them opens the door and he gets attacked by who I've dubbed Tiny No Legs. <laughs> oh, yeah. That midget zombie that was a triple amputee. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I still don't like that part. It's a shame. I'm sure it's a lovely person. I'm sure he's a lovely actor and a lovely person. <laughs> but that part That's scared. so creepy. Okay. Yeah. And everything that happened with the paramedics and stuff, just I was dying when I saw that. <laughs> and this <laughs> something this was something that hit me too this time because I said, "Huh, it's the zombie that's wearing uh, Confederate gray." That first picks up the CB radio and asks for more paramedics. I said, "That's weird that a Civil War zombie asked, you know, knew the word paramedics." And I went, "Wait, they're smart. He probably just read the side of the truck." Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a good point. I will justify anything. And by the way, that, that half zombie, the lady zombie yeah. that was giving all the exposition of why zombies eat people. <laughs> the pain. The pain oh. of being dead. Oh, she had amazing addiction for having right. no lips. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was <laughs> amazing addiction for having no lips. It's not a complaint. <laughs> it's not a complaint because it's a great scene. But no, she ain't got no lips, no. and her addiction is perfection. I guess that's one of the benefits of two, four, five trioxin. Mm. It brings you back from the dead and gives you perfect diction. So yeah, even if you're a skeletal, you're all good to go. That stuff is good. We should do a little more research on it. We'll do some bumps on it after the after the podcast. <laughs> go to the bathroom, do some bumps up trioxin. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That is the plot of one of the sequels. One of the shitty sequels. Oh, really? Return of the Living Dead, <laughs> Rave to the Grave. They're selling trioxin as a party drug. Oh, that's fine, right? Genius. I was exploring IMDb earlier today. Yeah. Um, so I thought the scariest thing for me was when, um, uh, I forget her name, The one of the girls was in the basement and Tarman was going for Tina. her. Tina. Yeah. So Our goody two-shoes heroine, Tina. Once, once he had, like, he was pulling the chain to open up the door thing. Yeah. Like that, the idea of like these, the, like the brainless monster that suddenly learns how to use tools. It's like uh, in Jurassic Park when the Velociraptor learns how to turn a doorknob. Like like that kind of thing is so frightening to me that you know the humans will lose their dominance over animals. Well, it's a good thing they cut. Stuff. It's a good thing they cut that scene from Jurassic Park where the tur- uh, Velociraptor learned how to type. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, then he could have. He was uh, hanging out in chat rooms, inviting people over. It was really fucked up. Dear humans, everything's fine here at Jurassic Park. Please visit us as soon as possible. Please I'm six foot four. <laughs> DTF. <laughs> I'm here with my two friends. We want to have a party. Anyway, that's really oh, funny. This got really weird all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, Velociraptors would be sexual deviants if they had access to the internet. That's just a. Anybody pers- who has access to the automatically be becomes a sexual deviant. It's true. I I was making fun of Miguel Nunez, who plays Spider. I love Spider. And here's the thing. I saw this movie not in the theater, but I saw it on cable once with my parents. Now, horror runs in my family. Okay. okay. My pa- But, you know, my parents can get kind of iffy with the new stuff because of bad words and nudity and stuff. They fucking ate this stuff up. Shit up like really? candy. They were <laughs> laughing and screaming and having a great time. But my mother did not like Spider because he said the F word too much. But he's got all my favorite quotable <laughs> quotes. So, 
Like, there's murder, there's horrible, like, creatures from beyond the grave, but the F word is what's the part that... Oh, you don't understand, you don't understand. I remember watching (laughs) HBO movies with my parents, you know, when HBO was new, and so it was weird to see, like, bad words on TV, and my dad would see something like, ah, nice language, nice fucking language. (laughs) Completely oblivious to anything that he had just said. But no, I love, I love Spider, I bust it in the damn head, all this stuff. When he's crying, he's like, man, man, it ate scouts, and he, it wasn't scouts, man, he was old and ugly, and his face was all fucked up, shit. <laughs> he called Bert a honky? He called him a stupid honky? Yes. I love oh Spider-Man. <laughs> he's the only one who actually was, like, actively trying to do the right thing most of the movie, like, most of the time going over there, like, you know, he's like... Which you wouldn't expect in a movie about these kind of characters. Because one something I posted on Facebook today, uh, this morning, because I watched the movie again last night, was that this is something that has gotten lost in horror movies over time. Because all of those teen characters, whatever they're supposed to be, they are crude, they are rude, they are socially unacceptable, and yet, for the most part, they're really likable. Yeah. Nowadays, you make horror movies and everybody's a dick. Mm-hmm. And you can't wait for them to die. But this one, I liked everybody. Like, even Suicide, the first one who gets eaten, who all he does is yell at everybody constantly. <laughs> I get you. I knew you. I went to high school with you, Suicide. I know exactly who you are. There's the one guy who had a car and no one ever paid for gas. I get that. I was probably that guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's really what was upsetting Suicide. Yeah. They only hang out with me for my car. <laughs> And, you know, your leather and chains. That was good, too. What, do you think it's a costume, man? You think this is an act? Show some respect for the dead. She's rubbing all over him, grabbing his junk. She doesn't even, he doesn't even notice nothing. Amazing, amazing stuff goes on in that graveyard. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the spot right there. No, but so going back to that scene that Tim mentioned, that t- scene with Tina in the, uh, in the basement is surprisingly tense. And they have that great. I love that shot. I don't know what they call that shot. There's a name for that shot when she first sees him, and it's like it's a zoom in on her, but the background zooms out. I don't know how they do that, but it looks like the oh. whole world shifts. Yeah, it's a focus pull, or I don't know. Focus pull. Yeah, I love those kind of shots, and it's so well used. And I love the fact that they set up in the first seconds of the movie that the third step is a bitch. <laughs> that when she falls through it, you're like, oh, right, the third step's a bitch. Thank you for <laughs> right. properly setting that up. A little foreshadowing. Uh, well, no, it's just, you needed to know that. Otherwise, it's just a convenient accident. But you're like, oh, okay, it's, we've, we've established that that is going to happen. Okay, uh-huh. Yeah, they put great detail into that to make sure that uh, we didn't think less of them when it happened. No, no, oh, oh, sure, the step went out. Yeah, huh? Mm-hmm. And what I love in that scene too, when the when the when they go down to the when the rest of the punks go down to the basement and they see the tar man for the first time, and trash, poor little trash, poor little still nude trash. She found a towel or a sheet or something upstairs. She had it on for five seconds and it got caught on the banister and it came off. I'm like, come on, come on, give that kid a break. She was, she was able to be warm for two seconds. For yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, she was probably like, what? Come on. That poor girl in the audience was like, oh, thank God, she's not nude anymore. Oh, no, she's nude again. <laughs> I wonder if that lady remembers what she did that day. I did. I Probably not. She's probably dead. I don't know. Whatever. It was long. I, I don't know. Oh. I got nothing. I got nothing. It was not that long ago. 
Um, so what did you think about the, the first zombie you saw? The, the cadaver in the fridge? The and yellow like man? The really, really, the terrible, terrible attempts to kill him. And oh. like the, the, the Benny Hill thing that I turned into. Yeah, I, I enjoy yeah. that. Because again, it's setting that tone of like, you don't know whether to laugh or scream. Because like, he, you know, they hit him with the pickaxe and it does nothing. So now he's fucking nailed to the floor. <laughs> and it's horrific because they just broke all the rules of zombie movies right now. Right. Yeah. And then Bert's like, give me the hacksaw and starts sawing off his head in tight close up. And in a Romero movie, he would have been bleeding all over the place, but it's not as bad here. She can laugh at it because it's still trying to eat the floor the whole time. I think it's a hoot of a scene. I think it's a hoot. Well, like, that was right after their weird expose thing with um, where they were. I guess Frank and Freddie were talking about Night of Living Dead. Yeah. Which I thought was a, a strange, a strange maneuver when they were setting up the uh, the pace of the film, and they're like, "Oh, remember that other movie." But, but as Freddie said, the, the movie lied. You mean the movie lied? <laughs> so not only does it uh, borrow from Night of the Living Dead, it's like, hey, fuck you, Night of the Living Dead. Thanks for the inspiration. <laughs> We're doing our own thing. And we can reference you as much as you want because you're public domain. Oh, man. Yeah, I was so meta when I saw that. I was like, what the hell is happening right now? Did he just reference a zombie movie? Yeah, that's the other That's the other movie? thing. It's one of the first instances of meta stuff in, in horror Yeah, as well. That was great. That, you know, which is why it's the return of the Living Dead, because George Romero lost r- the rights to the name Living Dead. Because <laughs> he didn't copyright it. That's why all the rest of the movies are of the dead and not of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Suck a man, suck a man. Um, what else did I want to say? I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's cut to the chase. I remember when we got to the end, my jaw was on the floor. Are you talking about like the very end? Where the very like, end, <laughs> you blew up Louisville. Yeah, they just nuked the whole place. Not even a second thought for like the casualties. Like, oh, we're gonna, no, so we're gonna like, take... we wrap, like, you want to talk about Deus Ex Machina? We just wrapped up all possible subplots, all the dramatic tension, all the, is Freddy going to eat Tina? Is he going to eat her brains? I don't know. Well, who cares? Because we're just going to nuke the fuck out of everybody. Movie over. <laughs> so is that like a, like, they, they had that scene prepared for when the budget ran out? Because, like, no. they had a bunch of really cool scenes lined up there. Where they, no, like, that was in. always the ending. But I'm, but my question is, did you like, did you think they set that up in the beginning? They're like, well, this is how it's going to end, and we're going to shoot as much movies as we can until we run out of money, and then that's where that scene's going to come in. Who knows? Maybe because they went way over budget because they had to get a whole new, a whole new makeup makeup thing. guy, <laughs> and the guy who was playing Bert quit the day before they started shooting. So, uh, uh, Clue Gulliger came in. Uh-huh. Completely unrehearsed. Like, the rest of them had been rehearsing for weeks, so he was coming in completely unrehearsed. Oh, yeah. It, it wasn't bad. One of the many, 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 many... And he had never done a horror movie before, so apparently him and Dan O'Bannon were at each other's throats constantly. They joke about it now. He but, was a Western actor, right? Yes. Yes. Now he does horror movies all the time. Well, but, the money's probably better. Yeah, and, you know, where else is an older dude going to get work these days if you're not Clint Eastwood? 
Which you might you might have done westerns and stuff, but you're not. Clint Eastwood Clue. It's true. Name's <laughs> Clue. I mean. I was reading about him because he actually has like this gigantic filmography where the other people, or some of the other actors, definitely do not. No. Um, but he uh, apparently Clue is a nickname his dad gave him based on a bird from Oklahoma or something. So it's as much of a a cowboy movie story as you could possibly think of. Oh, okay, yeah, my dad gave me this name. It's my Indian name. I got nothing. It's my, I'm sorry, my Native American name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. It's got really offensive. Come on. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't know what I was going to say. I had a really interesting point to make, and it's gone. Oh, well, keep drinking, Patrick. Keep drinking. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think about what scenes we didn't cover at all. Well, we, cover, oh, we didn't cover a lot of stuff, and that's okay because everybody has seen My listeners have all seen this movie. This is a beloved movie. It's one of these movies I can pop in anytime, and I always find something new to enjoy about it. And... I just appreciate how they managed to keep the humor aspect up, and yet the tension is always ratcheted up really high. Once those zombies come out of the ground, there is not a dull moment. And I think part of it too is that, like, like you said before, you know, the characters are likable. You don't really have a character that you want to see die, so there's some stakes, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I because lo- that's something that I do miss in modern horror movies. I want to be afraid for the people in the movie and not be wishing them dead. Mm-hmm. And this was very much the case here. Because, I, I mean, uh, Tina is not a good actress. <laughs> but her final scenes for are great. Shame. When she is lo- when she is like completely in that horror movie space of just useless, where she has gone beyond the point where she can function anymore, and Ernie has to take care of her, she's fantastic. The stakes could <laughs> not be higher for that character. Also, here's a little tidbit which is unconfirmed. I saw the movie with my friend Terry, who was my best friend my freshman year in high school. My dad bought us the tickets because we were under 17, and then he went home. But that's really neither here nor there now. But Terry was one of those friends who I knew I was not going to be friends with like for very long. It was just he was my friend, like placeholder friend until I found real friends, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. But he said when he went home, he called the number on the side of the canisters. <laughs> oh, really? What happened? He claims that there was a recorded message that was like, the number you have reached, bam, 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 is out of service at this time. Please hang up the number. And in the middle of it, then all of a sudden, then you heard like, ah, bring And like the computer voice got eaten. I don't know if that's true or not. I find no proof of that on the internet. And I cannot believe that fake friend Terry lied to me. It, it doesn't sound very plausible. I think well, no, uh, please. Like, if they made the movie now, there would absolutely be a, there would be something yeah. on the end of that line. Oh yeah, of course. Because it's exactly what horror geeks right would do. Now. Be like, I should call that number. I wonder what happens if you call that number now. Well, it's four dollars the first minute, two dollars each additional minute. I got a zombie job. What? <laughs> What? That Sexy got zombies. So is it happening? I mean, is it happening as we speak right now? Is somebody trying to call that movie? I don't know. Mikey, you got no. really soft. Oh, sorry. I, I meant your voice. Oh, I, I yeah, was, was hoping that's what like, you meant. Where's the entendre here? Come on. I, seriously, from how far away I am, you can still tell that? Wow. So, yeah. So your cam's on, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how can I call this number? What is it? I don't know. I, my, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We have to find out. Yeah, now we need to know. Well, I am so glad that you guys enjoyed the movie. It always makes me sad when my guests hate something that I make them watch. <laughs> I mean, I think what what concerned me when it began was because, like, we've we both like I like zombie movies. So I think Night of the Living Dead is is a great piece of film. Oh, absolutely. But I, I somehow don't think I've seen this one ever before. And usually, the funny horror stuff doesn't do as much for me as like something like Night of the Living Dead, where it's it's more about like the actual humans interacting in the midst of this other crisis. But this movie, it was it was like you said, it didn't lose any of the stakes when it made stuff funny. Yeah, horror comedy is very difficult to pull off. Yeah, and this movie nailed it, and it was one of the first ones to actually do that. Yeah, I think probably when it came out, people had no idea what to expect when they started watching this thing, kind of like I did, you know. And uh, I it took me a while to get into it. So, mm-hmm. but once I did, I liked it. It'll uh, get better <laughs> on subsequent viewings. So you start noticing things. There's lots of Easter eggs hidden in the movie, and not the Easter eggs that the general's talking about at the end. Oh, right. <laughs> the Easter eggs have hatched. No, the Easter eggs. Like one of the things that I love in the back at the at the cadaver lab, cadaver shop. Uh, on one of the walls is an eye chart. Oh yeah, that says um, oh. <laughs> Bert is a slave driver. A slave driver, yeah. You caught yeah. that? Good for you. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I caught that. Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> of things like that. Some some wacky tombstone things, and I I got a kick out of stuff like that because it's not put in the forefront. It's there if you see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wanted to watch it again today, but um, traffic. So. God damn it! I know. All right. So, why can't I watch a movie and drive? I know, seriously. It's coming soon. I was already drinking and texting, so I feel like the movie was... <laughs> drinking, texting, <laughs> so masturbating, and watching a movie. That was not porn. It was a whole, it was a busy day. Yeah. It was a busy hour. And putting All on right, mascara. So, That's my favorite. I love when I see people putting on makeup while they're driving. It cracks me up. I'm like, are you fucking insane? <laughs> so, Patrick, I've got the number here in front of me. Uh, it's... Uh, should I dial it and put it I'm on the already, I have my phone open, so... Oh, go right ahead. Okay, it's a Scream Queens okay. first here. Scream Queens live dial of uh, this number. It's 800-454-8000. Wait, I'm um, sorry. 1-800-454? Uh, I'm dialing it, Mikey. Don't worry. I got oh, it. you got it. I'll pay you. Yeah. yeah, it'll be busy, Mike. Come on. Seriously, Mike. Thank you for calling. Are you or someone in your household 50 years or older? <laughs> That was it. Press one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, are you or someone in your house of 50, 50 years or older? Consider, ask your doctor about 245 trioxin. <laughs> Stay young forever. Oh my god. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Tim. Yes. And the overall view of the movie, high point, low point. Oh, uh, do you mean like high scary point? Or no. High what is your favorite part, and what part did you not like? Um. Well, the part I did not like, I think, was the 
the opening conversation between uh, the whole Frank and Fred scene up until the point that the uh, the chamber opens up. Okay. When they start to get actually kind of funny. Okay. I think that that was the my least favorite of the part of the movie, although it wasn't really that bad since it was a minute long. Um, sure, that's the best part of the movie though. What's your favorite part? Whatever. I, I, I think send more cops is is okay. A, totally valid. Thing. Totally valid. There's a reason that line is famous. <laughs> Mikey, same question. Um, I mean, I don't want to repeat exactly what Tim said, but definitely high point, send more paramedics, send more cops. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> and it's just so hilarious. And, um, I think the low point maybe, and it's not, it's probably a low point just because it was earlier in the movie and I didn't know what to expect, but like maybe they spike him in the head with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, pickaxe okay. and he's just like totally fine. Yeah. Okay. It's like, whoa. All right. That's very totally it, wrong. You're totally wrong, but it's it, fine. <laughs> How about you, Patrick? What's your what's everyone's your judging you? Oh my gosh, I don't. My high point. My high point changes every time I see this, and my high point now is odd. Okay. And it's the part where uh, Chuck and Casey, who are the new wave tomb, who don't get a lot of screen time, they're off in the side. And by the way, that's played by Jewel Shepard, plays Casey, and this is one of the few movies where she does not get naked. Oh, she's known for she's another one who's known for being naked and dying. She's never achieved this Linnea Quigley status, but um, it's later on in the movie, and she was she's all crying and stuff, and he said something, and she just goes, "Chuck, I never did like you, (laughs) but oh God, please hold me tight." That was honest. That's an honest, real moment in a movie that you don't normally get things like that in. Like, we didn't spend a lot of time with her, but I felt bad for her then. So, like, you're like, what, 19-year-old kid in this totally fucked up situation. And that's only because I've seen this movie a gazillion times. And if you want to go, my constant favorite part is when the dead are rising. When they're all busting out of their graves and... 45 Grave is playing, do you want a party? I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. And the low point, well, has nothing to do with anything, the movie itself. The low point has to do right now with the fact that I found out that Brian Peck, who played Scuzz, who was the one with the mohawk who got his head eaten by the half zombie in the yeah. window... I just found out that he is a convicted child molester. Oh. Uh, That's uh, been happening a lot in the 80s movie, horror movies that I'm picking out. There seems to be a lot of child molestation. Wow. Connected with 80s horror. Very weird trend. Which is connected (laughs) with Corey Haim and his death and all this other stuff, and it's not okay. That's not okay. That really brings me down now. And I found that out after I watched the movie this time, and now it's going to taint my later viewings. And I said taint. Yeah. It's, uh, I said it twice. You kind of bummed me out with this. And then, you know, you cheered me up a little bit with saying taint a couple times. But... <laughs> You're welcome. You see, now you said it. We just had a taint trifecta. A taint factor? Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds like it's infected. Don't infect my taint, uh, Mikey. Uh, oh, my God. No taint factor. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm bowing out of that. Please do. Run, <laughs> run, boy! So the the, the taint factor is what happens when you uh you don't have a a device 
when you're running around naked through uh, mud puddles. Is that how that works? Oh, you mean an appliance? Yeah, the appliance. I love that they call it an appliance. Yeah. Like a refrigerator or a microwave. We put a microwave (laughs) over her vagina so it wouldn't shock the audience. (laughs) And we also had Pop-Tarts. What's happening? I don't know what's happening. We're spiraling out of control. We are spiraling out of control. So, let's get back to student bodies. You guys, from what I understand, want to give away a copy to one of my lucky listeners? We would love nothing more. Well, originally we were going to fund uh, the tiara this week, but um, for some reason the tiara disappeared when we met you on Tuesday. I don't know what happened to it. Weird. What a strange, mysterious thing to happen. Mm. I don't know what happened. You must have dropped it somewhere. Someone who's not me must have stolen it. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. That's because you don't listen to the show, you worthless piece of shit. I love you. Oh, my God. I'm horrible. (laughs) Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. I know where you live. Ish. Ish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to be giving away a copy of Student Bodies to one of you. And I'm making this up as I go along. Love it. We interrupt this podcast to save you from 20 minutes of drunk people babbling trying to figure out how to organize a contest. Greetings, you miserable, bloated, saggy bags of flesh, otherwise known as the listeners of the Scream Queens podcast. It is I, Flim, Flim the Gargoyle. And I am making an executive decision here because I cannot allow all of you to listen to this nonsense. They go round and round in circles, changing their minds 55,000 times. By the end of the day, you're not going to know how to win the contest. So let's make this very simple, shall we? Because I want you to win this game. Yes, you! Not the other ones, just you. Because I want to know your home address so I know where to come and poop in your mouth. That's your extra prize. But that's not the point right now. The point is to enter the contest. Go to the Facebook. Go to the Twitter. Go to the Instagram. Or go to your email. What you do? You send a message to Scream Queens. The Facebook page. Scream Queens, the podcast where her gets gay. You go to the Twitter feed at Scream Queens. You go to the Instagram feed, Scream Queens podcast, and you leave the message, I want to win student bodies. And you use the hashtag Scream Queens giveaway. And of course, that's Queens with a Z. You may enter once a day, every day, until May 1st. At which time, the winner will be announced I will get their home address, and I will make a feces in your mouth opening. Congratulations, and you're welcome for having me come in and spare you 25 minutes of... We are gay. Because that's all it was. But then again, that's all this show ever is. Flamby Gargoyle, poop out. Welcome, and where can people find out more information about the game in general? Uh, you can look at our website, angryduckgames.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Angry Duck Games, Twitter, at Angry Duck Games. 
And I think our next convention is going to be in New Haven, Connecticut, if people want to meet us in person. Ooh, I have a lot of Connecticut listeners. Okay, so it's, we're going to be at uh, Fantasticon in, uh, on Elm Street, uh, Elm City Games. Yep, that's right. So I think, I'm pretty sure that's our next appearance. Should have the calendar in front of me, but oh I don't. Oh my god, you're uh, so useless. Careful. Well, I'll be adding that information in later when I look it up for them, because they're both lazy bastards. Okay, Thank Tim, you. Mikey, it's been fantastic having you here. Thank Great. you, Patrick. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for coming. Now get the fuck off my show. Oh. No, stay forever. Okay. Hey, Patrick. This is Edward, that guy in Phoenix. Hi, Edward. And long time no say hi, so oh, I'm saying shit. hi. And I saw that you said that you have a a, a podcast ready, and yay. yay. And I've just been busy with everything in the world, so I don't have anything else to say, but uh, yay, you have a podcast ready. Yay! And, but I have a question for you. Yes. And that is, with you rapidly running out of Friday the 13th movies... If you were to continue the series from the from the original Friday the Thirteenth movies, where would and we've had Jason now go into space and he's going to New York and everything? Where would you have Jason strike next? Uh, that's it. I hope you're having a great day. Say hi to the gargoyles. Say hi to the kitty. And uh, yeah, bye. Bye, Edward. Thank you for calling in. I'm sorry that I just clammed up for the second half of your call, because as soon as you introduced that idea of continuing the series, where would I take it? My brain went into overdrive. Now, we talked on the last episode when I had Stacy and Cindy here that you know the logical choice would be taking him to the hood. I'm sorry, the hood. Because that's the horror movie routine. That's where, where, where all things go. First they go to space, or then they go to the hood, or vice versa. So he hasn't been to the hood yet. Manhattan didn't count because it was Toronto and half a block of Times Square, which is not the hood. But that's an easy answer. I think maybe I would like to see him go to Mar-a-Lago. I'm just leaving that there. Thank you for calling, Edward. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Even when you have nothing to say. But you did have something to say. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? But don't speak. I know what you're saying. Oh, God. God, he's singing again. Jesus. Whoa. Uh-huh. Hi, Mr. Patrick. This is Fabian from Texas. <gasps> just want to say I think that you have one of the best brains in horror podcasting. Oh. Uh, give my regards to Miss Switchy. And also one of the best <laughs> is <laughs> this also. All right. Thank you. Bye. Aw, Fabian. What a sweet and just kind of a little bit creepy around the edge call. How nice to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in ages. And I think what you're trying to say 
if I may put it, you know, my words in your mouth, is that what you're trying to say is, Patrick, if you really love me, you'd let me eat your ass! Which, come and get it, baby. Come and get it. Whatever. It's all good. It's all good. Love you, Fabian. Bye. Ooh, it's steamy in here. Not my ass. It's steamy in the room. Shut up. Mom, my ass is kind of steamy. What? Leave me alone. Oh, my God. What's happening? Hello, Patrick. It's Zombie Girl TJ. TJ. And you are doing a show on one of my favorite horror movies. I am? That being The Return of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. I just did it. Love right. that show. I mean, it's got everything. It's As Joe Bob Briggs would say, you know, it's got your naked dancing on tombs foo. It's got your foo? practical effects foo. It's got your half cut in half animal cadaver foo. That's a lot of you foo. Know, it's got naked zombie foo. Foo. You said that um, right. What else do you need? It's, foo -foo? it's perfection, and I only wish I'd had a chance earlier today to call in because now I'm probably too late. But You're not. I want to say I really love the show. Yay. Love what you do with it. And I, I talked to you and the show up at the screening of Dude Bro Party Massacre 3 on I Friday night. I want to see that. When it was showing in Wenatchee because the five-second film guys were here. And they did a little panel afterwards, and it was awesome, and you should see it. And I'm going to see about getting myself a digital copy, so maybe mm. I'll share that with you. I don't know. That's illegal, he I'm says. I forget to do things that I really want to do. Okay. That's just me. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, carry on. Keep up the good work. Love you. Bye. Thank you for calling in, TJ. I'm so excited that I'm doing one of your favorite movies. I hope I didn't fuck it up. I hope I did it justice. That's always my worry when I do these classic ones that people are really passionate about is the possibility that I don't do it justice. And if I didn't, I blame it on Tim and Mikey. Those bastards. Those bastards. But hey, hey, somebody's getting a free game about uh, from them, so I can't complain about it too much. Thank you for pimping me out of the convention. I haven't been pimped out in a long time, and I want to see that movie. I've been hearing about Dude Bro Massacre 3 for such a long time from so many people, and it's just not available to my knowledge anywhere, but, you know, if you happen to have an extra completely legal copy, I'm more than happy to look at it completely legally, which I'm saying for completely legal protectionation means. Protectionation? I just made up a word. Welcome to Scream Queens. Thanks, TJ. <coughs> Sorry, I was rinsing out the last little bit of gargoyle poop from my mouth. No. Uh, mm. You never get it Hey, out. Patrick, it's Jeff in California. Hi, Jeff. Just wanted to give you a quick call here. I meant to call sooner, and... But you didn't. Life got in the way a little bit. But you Just didn't. Just hell at work, so... That aside... Wah. Let's uh, see. I got to see a few movies over the last few weeks. Uh, get see. Out. Okay, bye. Oh, quick the movie. All right. little thing here. Highly recommended. Yeah, if anyone has not seen it, try to find it playing somewhere. If not... As soon as it hits, VOD, Blu-ray, rent it, buy it, see it. It's amazing. I concur. Got to see Logan as well, which I know isn't technically a horror film, but the amount of blood and gore that was in it was pretty nice. Ew. So, uh, yeah, any comic book nerds out there in the Scream Queens fandom, go watch Logan. Okay. I also got to see the Belko Experiment, which uh -huh. I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh-huh. Is it a perfect film? No. Is it fun? Hell fucking yes. I enjoyed it. My girlfriend wanted a little bit more story. Yes. I can see where she's coming from at the same time. 
I like that it was just right to the point of what they wanted to do. Yeah. The ending left open, I'm okay with it. I don't care that I really don't understand what the experiment was for. <sighs> Some people will probably be mad about that. I know my girlfriend didn't like that there was no resolution. Personally, I don't mind open-ended stuff. It Why are you looking me, at my so butt? Why are you looking at my butt when you said that? Okay. Uh, one last thing. I'm wondering if you saw the trailer for the It movie coming out in September. No. Growing up, I was frightened of the miniseries. It was the first Stephen King book I read was It, so I kind of have a boner, a place in my heart for the original stuff. And but a boner. this trailer looks amazing. Okay. So yeah, just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, and uh, make sure you're taking care of our of our love child. Even though I'm a deadbeat son of a bitch. Later, Patrick. Our demonic love child has a name, Jeff. His name is Ignacio. You can say his name, Jeff. You can say our love child, Ignacio. I'd repeat that, but I can't say his name again or he'll wake up and start breathing fire. And that would be bad, okay? So let's not talk about him anymore. Okay, good call. Good call. Get Out was fantastic. I didn't cover it on the show except to do a little mini thing because there's so much to spoil. I just gave the recommendation to get out and go see the movie. So I am completely behind Jeff like I was the night our child was conceived, if you know what I mean. Logan, I had no interest in. I, I'm not into the whole X-Men thing, but, you know, I'll, I'll watch... Hugh Jackman do anything because you know I remember when he was a musical theater actor I'll be oh look at him mister the studio won't let me sing and dance and do high kicks anymore whatever I know what you can do I know how legs your how high your legs go in the air mister Jackman I know how high they go and plus I know from evil under the sun that if they go that high they go really wide too and the Belko experiment well Jeff uh, if you're patron subscriber, you would know that I did not really care for the Belco experiment. I found it ugly, not fun, and kind of a bore. And that's all I'm saying about it, because if you want to know more, you got to go over there and subscribe, because that is just the way life goes. Okay, Jeff, thank you for calling in. Send a goddamn check. He needs crayons for nursery school. Hey, this is Matt, the Angry Ginger. Uh, Ooh, just what? a recent listener. Just started listening to the show. Hey! Digging it so far. Wanted to call in and give my input on the Return of the Living Dead yes. episode. That was kind of a weird movie for me. Oh? I kind of watched it without knowing that it wasn't actually a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Ah, uh, well, so semi-sequel. So that was a big surprise when they were talking and with all the goofball antics. But you know what? I loved it from the minute I saw it. Damn right you did. It's just goofy and, you know... Strip dancing in a graveyard and like you do zombies asking for paramedics like they do. Anyways, yeah, I just love that movie. Good, and I'm digging the show. So keep it keep it going, man. I plan to. Take it easy. Bye. I'll take it any way I can get it. Okay, Matt, thank you for calling in. It's always a treat to hear from someone who's not only a brand new listener, but also immediately became a Patreon subscriber. And on top of that, you're a first-time caller! Yay! Yay! I never get tired of that sound effect. I am thrilled that you like the movie. It's one of my favorites, too. Always has been. And I hope I did it justice for you. And, um... Thank you, sir, for calling in. Thank you for all of your support, and thank you for being fabulous. 
Hi, Patrick. It's Robin. Hi, Robin. Um, well, I was looking through Facebook, whoring online, and I noticed that you said, I don't have any voicemail. And I was confused because I thought I sent you a voicemail not too long ago just to say hi. Because I've been a little while. Because we've been so busy. Oh. I've been so busy with work. I started a new position. And yeah. I work for a bunch of moody doctors. So oh. I've been really busy. They're little divas. And then little Miss Isabella, she nailed it. She did amazing in talent show. Damn right she, she did. She did reflections for Mulan. And she did great. And she wanted me to tell you that she didn't get nervous and she didn't pop fart. Everything what? went great. She got flowers and lots of applause. But I just wanted to call and say hello because, <laughs> as terrible as my rambling is, I just wanted to give you a voicemail and say hello and let you know that we are thinking of you. And love, love the last show. It was really great. I don't Thank really you. have like any movies I watched lately. I've been so busy because where I left you a message about some stuff I watched, I really need to lay off of those little Rudy Tootie Disco cuties. So, I guess what? I will talk to you soon. Bye, Patrick. Love you. Wait, Bye. what? Okay, first of all, Pop Fart just laid me out. Good. I'm glad that Isabella did not Pop Fart on stage because it is the most embarrassing thing a performer can do. But you know what? If you if she ever does do it and she just keeps going, that means you are a true professional. You have perfected the craft. That is the secret to all acting is to just keep going when you fart on stage without having it registered. Just be like, yeah, own it. You paid to watch this, people. Smell my thought. That is the ultimate in acting technique. But you cannot just come on my show, young lady. You cannot come on my show and drop something about Rudy Tootie Disco Cuties and then just walk off without explaining what the hell that means. Because now I want one. I want a disco cutie. I want to be a disco cutie, whatever that is, unless you eat them. Don't eat me, Robin. Don't eat me, Robin. Thank you. I have enough problems with that with Flem and Smoochie, for that matter, who is now attacking me, even though I just fed her. What do you want, baby? I would like a rooted to the disco cutie as well. I see. Now she wants one as well. See what you did, Robin? Pop fart yourself. (laughs) Thank you for calling in. If I lost your call, I'm sorry that another call, I'll find it, or I won't. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. You just got me all a flutter now. My goodness gracious. Hey, Patrick. It's Stacy from Creepy Kids. Hey, girl. I don't know why you're just saying that. Um, pardon me if this is a little breathy. I just took my asthma medication. Uh, okay. I wanted to call in because I saw that you were, were low on voicemails. And, Not anymore. Uh, I just want you to know that no matter how bleak thing to look in your life you can take comfort in the fact that you don't have a brother who bills himself as tom the chicken man i do what and i have to live every day with that what love you bye wait what no 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 you don't just get to dump tom the chicken man on me and then just waltz out of here without any explanation is that his stripper name is this the same guy that worked at the bar with the strippers that were named after cars is that what's going on is he tom the chicken man at the bumper bar what's going on stacy stacy leave me hanging girl i have to fill in the information myself and my imagination is the worst weapon of all and it's also kind of erotic but that's not the point point. and also what do you mean you don't know why you sang that child what podcast are you calling into 
It's the podcast where horror gets gay and where musical numbers can just spontaneously happen at any moment. Don't you ever apologize for doing that again, child. What is the matter with you? Oh, my gosh. What the cluck is up with Tom the Chicken Man? See what I did there? That's funny. It wasn't that funny. That was a stupid joke. Okay, hanging up. Thank you for calling in, Stacy. Love you. Bye. Oh, hi, Smoochie. Smoochie says hi. You know, I have an email that I was planning to read and also an iTunes review, but I'm not doing either one of them. And you would think, oh, maybe because the show's running long. Yes, it is. But no, it is because of Robin and Stacy. You cannot just waltz in here and drop little tidbits like Tom the Chicken Man and, and Rudy Tootie Disco Cuties and not fill me in on the joke. I need to know now. I'm going to be up all night thinking about those things. Suffering. Suffering, and I'm not googling because I don't want to go to the I don't go to jail for getting something weird because I don't know what's gonna pop up, man. I don't know what's going on. Are they they should you know with Tom the Chicken Man and Rudy Tootie Disco Cuties they should team up and make a great vaudeville act or something. I don't know, but you know what? This show is over. <laughs> so if you want to call in, like Edward and Fabian and Jeff and Matt and Robin and Stacy and TJ and leave cryptic yet in enticing messages that are going to drive me insane by all means please do i do want to hear them no matter how much i complain pick up your phone and give me a call at 917-720-2047 and remember to get your entries in or any other messages you want to send me on facebook you can find me at scream queens the podcast where horror gets gay you can find me on Twitter at Scream Queens, get those entries in there, and Instagram at No TR for You and Scream Queens Podcast. Even though I still don't understand how either one of those sites work. And remember, if you leave an iTunes review, which people have not been doing much lately, and I read it on the show, you will win a copy of my audiobook, Marilyn: The Erotic Horror Story About a Car That Gives Sexy Blowjobs. It's like Christine, but with blowjobs, and and you could own that. But now someone didn't get it today. Someone didn't get that book when they were supposed to get it, because somebody left me a beautiful iTunes review that I was going to read on the show. But thanks to Stacy and thanks to Robin, he ain't getting it today. He's gonna have to wait. And when he asks why, Patrick, why? And I'll say because of Tom the Chicken Man and his disco cutie tooties or whatever the hell it was. <sighs> so coming up, I'm going to have guests Ben Scher from the Flowers in the Attic episode and also Chris Diani, who is the director of Creatures from the Pink Lagoon. We're going to be talking about the 1983 sci-fi spoofy comedy thing called Strange Invaders, which is a Nightmare Closet selection. And up until yesterday, it was available on Daily Motion, but now the video's gone. But you know what? We'll all get through this tragic time together. Also, I am planning an episode, possibly even next week, of Crapshoots, Nothing But Crapshoots. So you might be getting an extra episode this month, and you can thank the people on the Patreon page for that. So remember, if you want to be getting extra material every month, if you want to get new shows, if you want to find out about new releases, if you want to help me make new things and make this show here even better, as well as what's going on over there, head on over to patreon.com slash screamqueens and become a subscriber. And if you don't feel like donating that much or on a regular basis, you can just go over to the webpage and hit the donate button. That still works too. Oh, gosh, I'm asking so much of you people. I give it, I give it, I give. I only ask a little bit in return. Actually, that was a lot of bit in return. But you know what? It's a whole given thing. You know what? Shut up. The show's over. So, 
Until next time, my beautiful, beautiful, annoyingly cryptic screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place and never, ever, ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule, kids. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel, baby, because you're too ready to die early. Bye! Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>